sewer game. Hey, Chris. What's, up? What's going on? Yeah. So I have a. I, I think I heard Chris, Jason. Did I hear, did I hear MAR? I am here. I nice. am here. Sweet. Nice. There we are. All right. So. And, You're uh, all here. I'm Warren. I don't think we've met. Yeah. So hey, guys, Warren. we have. So this is Lane, uh, and then we have Warren and Brian here. Hello. Hey, Brian's the one that sounded really weird there. Uh, hey, and then Mark. Art's on a special assignment in Kauai right now, so he can't be. He can't join us. Oh, okay, oh I feel us, really bad. Last one, so it's all good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. How can I sign up for a special assignment in court? <laughs> you just have to. That rap career of yours just has to, you know, really <laughs> yeah. take off, and then like <laughs> arts has. Yeah, that's how he got there. Yeah, exactly. All right. <clears throat> so, should we just kick this thing off? Do it. All right. Welcome to Driving While Awesome. My name is Lane. I'm Brian. I'm Warren. And uh, who do we have on the line with us? Hey, I'm Michael Allen Ross from Retrograde Classics. <laughs> and are you who alive? else we got there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason Zaylor, also Retrograde Classics. Nice. And Chris Harrell. What's up, guys? All right, guys. So um, this is our recording of the podcast part due. Uh, we had some technical difficulties last time. I basically fucked up, and I brought a uh, knife to a gunfight. <laughs> and I had an idea that you could record in a totally noisy bar all drunk. I, you know what? I don't know what I was... the recorder. I was thinking it would be more isolated. Um, Jason actually sounded really good because he was, like, putting his... You know, he was actually talking to the mic. The, uh, <laughs> the rest of us were kind of faint actually michael sounded pretty good too because he was on that side of the mic but uh okay i get it i get it know. i get what it's yeah yeah <laughs> but chris sounded like speak absolute up. dog shit basically and uh you know speak up chris par for the course so I, uh, I, i'm gonna sound like dog shit again today by the way i sound like i have a clothespin on my nose because i've basically been sick in bed since we saw you guys oh that no and dang that's kind of a I long time I, yeah, I either got Zika when we were setting up the the booth at work that morning. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot or, of. Uh... Yeah, there was a lot of mosquitoes, right? Yeah, tons. Um, and then I guess the other thing that I narrowed it down to was when when uh, Sharky kissed me, which you guys captured oh. um, photo for the whole There's world. So proof. he's all, he's also been sick the whole time. That could be it because I saw him like he was hanging around with his bum the whole weekend. So um, <laughs> I think that's probably what happened. Yeah. I think it's more likely him than the mosquitoes, but it's probably Zika either way. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think there was a new species of mosquitoes up there. They seemed part pterodactyl, part mosquito. The way they were covered. <laughs> Those things were attacking you guys like crazy, huh? So yeah. we were all at uh we were all at Works Reunion last week together. Um, these guys had a booth and everything, and they were uh, slaying in their gear. Nice. Which uh, we'll we'll get we'll get to later on. Um, their company Retrograde Classics, but uh. Yeah. Yeah. So we, and we know you guys. I mean, basically, Chris, we're, you know, Instagram buddies. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're always watching your Porsche pictures and everything. And, um, it's, yeah, it's kind of cool to make connections, uh, now on the phone, actually, for me. I don't know. I didn't meet you guys yet. Yeah. Likewise. It's, it's kind of cool. It's, it's actually something that's, 
I think you guys, well, obviously by way of the podcast, but we've been doing it a lot too. I think over the last year or two is just actually meeting people in person. And, um, you know, you go and you meet and say, hi, yeah. I'm, C- I'm CM Harold. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Those are, those are like kind of awkward conversations at the moment. Cause you know, we're not, I, I'm not used to doing that, but I'll totally drop names all the time. I'll be like, it, Hey, we're driving makes, awesome. I see you post cars about, you know, pictures about all this stuff. I'm basically yeah, stalking you online and we've never <laughs> talked and I have no idea if you would look at my pictures, but <laughs> it's going to bring up a point to never make your name like squishy dog face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of those. I have a squishy dog face. Like, oh wow! Yeah, well, we I have to. You. Yeah, we have to uh, read questions from our our Instagram followers, and it's like giant schlong asks. <laughs> and that's not a joke. There it's, is yeah, a, no, there's a guy. I think they did it just to Sorry, fuck guys, with us. I, I'll try to get a new name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, come on, dude. We're all, yeah, we're all literalists. Sorry. Yeah, it was funny. Like at uh at uh works, like I went up to um what's his name Derek White. Whiteacre? Whitaker? Whitaker? Yeah, 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 I went okay. up to him because I recognized him. I'm like, hey, Derek, I'm, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> and he's like, oh, oh, whoa. You know, like, it was kind of like, who's this guy talking to me? Yeah. And then it was like, oh, I know, you know, like, kind of. We it, should, it's we always probably... kind of super awkward. And then you tell him who you, you know, you have to kind of explain. But, we should probably all wear name you... tags. Yeah. Did you did you ask him if he's the Derek Whitaker though? Oh, that's, that's true. That's I didn't name. ask him that. Yeah. I should have. I should have said, yeah. "Hey, th- hi, the." <laughs> I had that happen in an airport recently. It was a TSA agent though. Hey, I'm. I'm like, oh, that's scary. Oh really? <laughs> they recognized you. That's crazy. <laughs> that's weird. Did, did they secondary screening? I mean, it, it, it's only scary if they frisked you after that, though. It kind of depends on the response. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, man. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, what do, we, what do we talk about here? We're, we're well, just car guys. I mean, it's hard because I it's hard because we already I, I already know all their answers to all of our normal kind of like um, history questions. But I guess this isn't for me. This is for our audience. So. And it's for Warren and I. And, we, yeah, exactly. We there. So should, we should probably get into like who these guys are. So you guys are are all all three of you guys are car guys or is it um, is that is that uh Fair to Good. say. Fair to say. I think I think that's safe to say. I mean, those guys those guys can jump in. We all are. I think I think Jason's had maybe less um, priority or opportunity to to realize that and and go crazy with the cars as maybe Mar has in his past and I am. But mm-hmm. we've all we all are car dudes and we've all appreciated them for a long time. Yeah. You know, I stole yeah, Jason's definitely. toy motorcycle when we were kids and. You know, <laughs> We've all had a history with automobiles. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. I've had, yeah, I've had everything from you know, I've been a car nut since I was a kid. I mean, I still have my original Matchbox, and they all were made in England by Lesney. That's how old they are. Wow. Um, and uh, that's how. Wait, I that's am. how old they are, and, or how old you are? Yeah. <laughs> you can draw, you can draw your own conclusion. <laughs> no, I bought them all on eBay last week, you know? So it was exciting. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I've done everything, you know, I'm automotive photographer. I was a precision driver for television for precision 17 driver. years. What? Yeah. You know, everybody wants to know, oh, what does that mean? Oh, you're a stunt driver. No, no, you're not a stunt driver. Wait, what is a precision yeah. driver? Exact moves at exact speeds for the camera. 
Okay. So, so if you're like, they're just getting a city landscape, then they, they want you to drive by at 35 miles an hour exactly or something? Yeah, it's like really long, boring days, really, actually. <laughs> no, but you're always driving. The other thing is you're always driving something new or something that's precious or something that hasn't been released. And um, But if they want yeah, – I always say if I don't – I won't hit the wall for you, but I'll put it next to the wall. If you want somebody to hit the wall, get the stunt driver to come yeah. in and do that. Wow, that's an amazing job. That's pretty cool. So- and you get to be an extra in movies. That's like a lifelong dream of mine. <laughs> <laughs> like you can be like, I was that guy in that commercial. Yeah. There you go. Wait, yeah. so, so you're never- go ahead. spawning off that. So what was the coolest thing you ever drove as a precision driver? Uh, you know, I did, I did do the, um, when the Z8 came in, I did the, the tie in commercials with Pierce Brosnan. So he's the guy that stepped out of the car, but I did all the driving for it. Nobody Whoa. has seen this car yet. And then, uh, and then apparently what happened was that they were not giving this car out to journalists to, uh, to, to drive this thing. And, uh, I was tracked down by Phil Patton, who was, uh, the automotive guy for, uh, Esquire magazine. And he ended up interviewing me about that because he couldn't get a hold of a car to drive. So he, he kind of scooped everybody else by tracking me down and getting something in Esquire before anybody else did. So, um, that was a really cool car. And then you have these other days where you show up. I remember showing up in uh, Pocono Raceway and, uh, you know, you're, it's, yeah, early morning and there's an F40 and F50. There's a McLaren. There's all these cars and they go, I'm like, wow, this is great. So I walk over and I said, so uh, what am I doing today? And they said, well, you'll be doing the skid work in the Ford Taurus wagon. Oh. <laughs> Damn some, it. some days are great. Some days are different. You know, it's a buzz kill. Yeah. Big buzz kill. Yeah, that's <laughs> awful. But I mean, out of all those cars, which one has a little keypad by the door handle? That's true. Only the Ford well, Taurus. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty yeah. high tech. We did get we did get it to, we did get it to uh, lay down sixty feet of uh, rubber and then slam it into reverse and hit the mark <laughs> oh three times God. in a row and I was done. Home, you know? Yeah, and they probably weren't doing that in the McLaren or anything, or the F40. No, that was all fluff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that was all the fluff. It was actually a tourist that was a, it was a Valvoline spot from years ago. Nice. Uh, I think it's still out there. You can Google it. Some guy wanders onto a track with a Ford Taurus with all this stuff on it. So. Oh, that's awesome. Kind of a, I think we'll have to check that out. A Valvoline this. commercial with a McLaren F1 and a F40? That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> you see, like, little pieces of the cars. You know, oh, you gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Anyway. So, um, what do you want? Should we get into their car histories a little bit? Do it. Let's do it. All right. What were, even though I already know, what were all of your first cars? Guys, want me to kick it off? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it, Chris. My my first car was a a '69 Cougar. Nice. (laughs) And uh, and it was badass. (laughs) It was awesome. Um, we talked about this and joked about it a little bit. It's really funny because it's, I was actually on my way to buy a, a BMW 2002 and the guy who had it for sale sold it basically before I got there. This oh. was when I was about 17 years old. And, uh, you know, so what do you do when you, when you don't get the BMW, you buy a Cougar, right? Yeah, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Whatever else is in the newspaper that day, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, um. <laughs> It was cool. I mean, it was it was uh, it was white. It had the the black vinyl top. Um, it had you know the, the paint was mostly still okay, although <laughs> it was kind of wearing a little bit. 
the uh, the the heater didn't work ever during the time that I had the car, and um, it had lots of other problems. Like it, the brakes didn't like to work sometimes, and <laughs> you know it overheated basically every other time I drove it. But Jason and I, shit, I think we drove that thing up to Northern California and back like ten times over the course yeah. of when we were in our teens and. You know, did lots of mountain cruises when we should have been in school and had a bunch of good times in there. So it was actually a great car, and I cried like a baby when I had to get rid of it when it finally died. What <laughs> motor did you have in it? I'm assuming the V8? It, yeah, it had the V8 in it. and uh, Maybe those only came with V8s, actually. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it came with a V8, and I think it was actually a V7, basically, <laughs> during, oh, my, yeah. during, my, <laughs> during my ownership. And that was maybe part of the, the ultimate downfall. Um, but it was still really fucking fast, and uh, it, it cruised like a yacht, and we had a lot of good times in that car. Oh, that sounds um, that would be the per- like imagine having that in high school. It's so yeah, rad. No, that's rear wheel drive V eight. That to- totally would have fit in at our high school too. Oh, yeah. like, that's kind of a classic high school kid car. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah, it was it was perfect. Our friend had a '66 Malibu, and I had that, and then everybody else had little you know hand me down. Beatles or other import cars, and we actually had a really <laughs> fucking good time with those with those uh, with those cars. It was a lot of fun. And I have to mention the the blinkers too, the taillights that are. It's like the sequential, sequential. yeah, yeah. kind of like the yeah. new Mustang kind of took took and did that or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The, sequ- the sequentials didn't work when I first got the car, and oddly enough, I took it to some dude at the mobile station over in the San Fernando Valley. I think it was on the corner of Nordoff and Balboa. And um, it was a place where I would get gas all the time. And he actually he actually took in the car for an afternoon and made it work. Hmm. So uh, it was pretty fucking cool, actually. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right, who's next? Um, I guess I uh, – well, I was a musician. You know, I've been – I was a guitar player for a long time. Oh, this, time, is, so this like, is prepping I, us for a super shitty car. I can feel it coming. Yeah, I'm sorry. Who, who, who's, <laughs> it's not, actually, it's, it's prepping not. you for your dream car. Wait, wait. Oh, before, you, before you go on, uh, just let us know Michael. who's talking. Oh, it's it, it's it's Michael Allen Ross. Right. I did a um, – The performance I did, driver. Yeah. <laughs> I did a book of – Precision book driver. Of, Precision driver. Excuse me. There you go. Get it right. Get it Get it right. Um, I did a book a few years ago on musicians called um, Rockin' Garages, all about famous musicians with their cars and motorcycles. So I was interviewing, you know, and photographing everybody from Billy Joel to Keith Urban and Mick Fleetwood and Brian Johnson. And everybody, we all had the same thing in common is that whatever we bought as our first vehicle had to fit our equipment in it. So at the time, the coolest thing for me to get was, well, let me see. I bought a 73 Dodge Tradesman B100, um, 109-inch yep. wheelbase van. Yes, uh, there you go. Top banana yellow. Yes. <laughs> um, it, uh, and uh, within a very short period of time, as I told Lane the other day, it had um, – hooker headers on it and it had hooker uh, show tube side pipes that yes. were flat black on it uh wow. put those mickey thompson white wagon wheels yes. on all the way around <laughs> front 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 rear sway bars i had a uh, push bar up front which weighed about you know 700 pounds oh my gosh this is a ground. dream car and i yes. had uh, i had I had aircraft landing lights as driving lights on the car, <laughs> wow, and I also wow. had Marshall uh, fog lamps on the front. Whoa! And, oh, uh, European! I did, a whole, I, I did a whole paint scheme that was. Uh, I took the rockers on the bottom and then uh, the upper section and did it in black. Uh, and then about a year after I did that, uh, they came out with the. Remember the the Yamaha hauler? 
Uh, yeah, and it had the it had the stripe yeah. along the side like the Yamaha yeah. motorcycles. Mine was yeah. the, mine was the predecessor to the Yamaha. Oh, <laughs> that is, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, it, I mean, it was it was a crazy. I mean, it's just uh, uh, it was it was a lot of fun. And um, did you have it I, raked you can, too? Oh yeah. I mean, oh, and, and you man. you can imagine me lying there with my my leather jacket on with pins all over oh, it. Oh man. Out of you. Uh, <laughs> as as you're just... the exhaust, so I could use that flexible tube to, to hook things up to, to to make the side pipes work and everything like that. It was really uh, really wacky. But um, as you you're know, describing was... this, Brian is like eyes closed, head back, just <laughs> taking it all in. So. Yeah. <laughs> I am. And so, what did you do with the interior? Was it stripped out, or did you throw some of that uh, shag? carpet in there or what yeah it had bright orange shag carpeting in there what um, well you did yeah. the you did the orange and yellow combo that's super oh, 70s man, i was like it was super 70s and it You're was scaring um, the listeners dude <laughs> <laughs> i know man so I, so I, this I, is I, your guys's your guys uh design aesthetic comes from this yeah for retro game <laughs> oh sure. my gosh whatever, Absolutely. whatever worked on the budget is what worked in there you know so uh but uh yeah, I do remember opening the side doors one day, uh, and uh, this young lady said, "Wow, it looks like a bedroom in here." And I was like, oh. I said, well, um, "Yeah." <laughs> See, Phil, you think, "Wow, gee, you want to see my guitar?" He's <laughs> wanted in three states. <laughs> it's a Probably. good thing that this podcast is not going to be like ten hours long because yeah, we might, like, yeah, we might really get into some shit. Some people, yeah, <laughs> I better shut up about my van. <laughs> it's a good thing only like five or six people listen to, so you're not going to make too much trouble. Yeah. yeah, basically all of us. Well, yeah. that exceeded my expectations. When you said the yeah. musician part, I thought it was going to be like a shitty little Geo Metro somehow, and you were like stuffing all your instruments in. That 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 is an amazing first car, I have to say. <laughs> Dude, dude, but before Jason talks about his dope first car, you just reminded me of something. So yesterday, um, I was picking up my car from the shop, and I saw a Geo Metro convertible oh, yeah. right down the street. Three-cylinder. A white one. Really, yep. really, really, really sweet. Yeah, they're uh, they're out there. We can hook you up. <laughs> they're out there. They're getting great gas mileage. Yeah, three cylinders and looked like the headlights were like yellow and looked like <laughs> the door was falling off. Yeah, it's really nice. Perfect. I don't know if I've yeah. seen a white one. I thought they were all blue. Uh, yeah, you're right. You know, the the Laguna bright blue. Sake of blue. Yeah, Laguna Seca blue. It may have, may have started as blue. Yeah, Laguna Seca blue. It's more like a Nerf blue, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, Jason, uh, let's let's hear let's hear oh, about the so my about first the car. car. My first car. Let's hear about the pony. Talk about the pony. Uh, yeah, so uh, mine's not as exciting as theirs. My first car was a very stripped-down base model Ford Escort. So Okay. Uh, pony model. Come on, dude. Pony model, yeah. Chris always likes to remind me of that. Uh, it, was just, it, it got me from here to there, and it was, it was okay for the time, but the, as soon as I could, I kind of uh, handed that down to my sister, and I got a, uh, a Camaro Berlinetta. Berlinetta Camaro. So uh, that, that, that was a little bit uh, more my speed at the time. You still get choked up talking about it. <laughs> yeah, it brings back memories. <laughs> we have lots of memories. Think about it. Yeah. That was a that was a, that was a hand me down from his mom. I actually remember I remember one. So Jason and I have obviously known each other a long time, but um, 
I remember one day we were driving down the street, and I was in the back, and Jason's mom was driving the Berlinetta <laughs> wow. before uh, before it was Jason's car, and Jason was in the passenger seat, and he he yelled something which I will not repeat on this uh, podcast. <laughs> Someone walking down the street, and his mom turned over and slapped the shit out of him. <laughs> Dude, why don't we got to let the skeletons out of the closet here? <laughs> It was amazing. Didn't the Berlinetta have those like fake wire wheel kind of hubcaps on it? Yeah, what's up with the Berlinetta? Mm. Uh, yeah, was... I liked it. What, what was the difference between a regular Camaro? Uh, well, I, I, sort of... I, what, what Camaro said, or, or what, what really was the difference? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I went, trim... yeah, the trim inside maybe it was supposed to yeah, be some a little... kind of trim package that sort of... made it, you know, yeah. kind of, like make it. It sounds yeah, like it would have sure. like wood, like fake wood paneling on the dash or something, doesn't yeah. it? No, or... no, it didn't. I mean, it, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't as cool as Mar's car. I mean, it didn't look like a place to live inside. Yeah, it, did it, it have was... <laughs> t tops or anything? It's like a. Uh, did that one, Chris? Do you remember if that one had t tops? Yeah, it did. you guys would remember. Yeah. That's a lot of hands out the roof. Where... <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on, remember having egg fights driving around the San Fernando Mountains? Oh, Mountain? yes. Oh, yes. Now I remember. We used to take the T-tops off and yes. we'd have egg fights with friends that lived uh, in other areas. And you would egg each other from stuff. your cars? Yes. We would have driving driving egg wars all through the San Fernando Valley and oh, up yeah. and down. Dude, that's the smelliest Berlinetta ever after that. Yeah, it, oh, it, it, uh, it definitely uh, took its punches. Wow. Yeah. So you guys are in L.A. Uh, currently? Jason and I are, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, we yeah, should... I'm up in NorCal. Oh, you are? Okay. Yeah. Well, Brian and I didn't hear about it, but I know we're curious to kind of hear a little more about retrograde and, yeah, how did all the, how do these egg fights lead to retrograde? <laughs> like, what, what is it? And yeah, what are you guys doing? Oh man, there's, there's so many different paths that led to this thing. The egg fights definitely were part of it. Um, <laughs> I think that, you know, from, from my standpoint, I'm sort of the common thread because um, I've obviously known MAR for a bit and I've known Jason since we were seven, uh, which is which is quite a long time, given that we're old farts now. Um, you know, Jason and I, you know, Jason, you can take off from, from here, talk about it a little bit more. I don't want to take all your airtime. Yeah, we've known each other for a long time, and, and we worked on a lot of stuff when we were kids. We used to do really crazy shit like we talked about, but we also, you know, did stuff like we would sit in my, in my apartment for hours drawing, like making up sports teams and drawing uniforms and drawing logos and creating games and doing all kinds of other dork stuff when we weren't, you know, when we were playing Nintendo. Hey, Chris, or, or are you, thing. like, shuffling papers over there? I'm not. No, can you guys not hear me? No, I can... Well, I just heard a creaky door. Yeah, um, it's a little background. I can noise. hear you. No, I, I can okay. hear you. It's just kind of... There's, like, some... Something I don't know. Some on. little noises going on. Is that better? Um, yeah. Yeah, whatever it was. Whatever it was stopped. So. Yeah. It's yeah, probably Jason. So it's probably Jason. He's just not saying it. <laughs> yeah, I'm the mastermind back here. Classic yeah. Jason. He's, like, he's shredding paper in the background. <laughs> no, he's, he's fucking taking notes is what he's doing. I know what he's doing. <laughs> he's drawing. So, he's drawing. so, yeah, we did all kinds of fun stuff. We were always making stuff and creating stuff. And, and I think that, you know, along the way, um, this is this is where we'll have some real fun. But but you know what we wanted to do coming out of high school, and we decided based on what we were into music and we were into a lot of different stuff, is we decided that we would be rappers. That was going to be sort of our 
our uh, our career. <laughs> and, uh, and and I wish that I were kidding, but I'm not. Um, JC, can you maybe elaborate a little more on that? But Lane, Lane introduced this a little bit, and we couldn't believe it. You yeah. guys were like white rappers in Compton in the mid-'90s, as far as I uh, heard. So, so, Jay, you want to jump in here, and then maybe I'll pick it up later? Well, um, wait, no. Yeah. Maybe we should call Jay by his rapper name if you guys have those. Oh. Um, I think you definitely. I think you definitely should. There were yeah. there were three that I know of. Um, <laughs> the, the, first, the first the first one was Snowman. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> White boy. The second the second one was uh was Stride, and then and then and then the third one was Jason. And and M A R and I still actually call him Jason. Jason. I like Jason. Wow. I think. I think his wife actually calls him Jason too. Strides more of like a tagger name or something. Yeah, um, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is this uh okay? Is this one make sure I'm on the right podcast? Is this the Retro Classics podcast? <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll meandering. We'll meander there. We're getting yes. into your creative roots behind yes. how you founded yes. this company, Retrograde Classics. I mean, yeah, you guys. No, absolutely. You guys came up as rappers, and the yeah. and you guys were had a lucrative career as rap as rappers. Yeah, lucrative. Um, that's a good word. Uh, <laughs> I would say, um, you know, like Chris said, Chris and I go back since childhood, and we always used to do creative things. Like when we'd hang out, we we play video games. We you know we play sports. We do those things. We draw a lot. And we used to create our own board games and play them with our friends. I mean, we were just kind of nerdy like that. We used to do all those kind of things. Um, and then, you know, just to kind of writing music and just writing lyrics and stuff just kind of happened one day and it seemed really cool and liked it. And we were big fans of hip hop. And we one day we decided, hey, let's let's buy a drum machine and a keyboard and see what happens. <laughs> yes. And we, we started making beats and started writing lyrics and then started recording them. And, it, you know, it just kind of turned in from there. I mean, uh, just a correction. We, we were, we weren't from Compton. We were from the Valley for sure. Uh, <laughs> we, we performed in Compton once, but that, that was a whole different story. Um, we had, we had a great time. I mean, uh, you know, we, I, I like to say we were ahead of our time. You know, we had a good sound. It just, uh, our sound didn't match our appearance, you know. So there's a lot of, I, I think a lot of times it was hard for people to kind of just kind of take in the whole package at that time going, wow, those guys have that great sound, but they look like that. Wow, that's interesting, you know. <laughs> so, Jason, if, if, if you were actually back from the Valley, is that what it was? Yeah, can be entirely off. I'd like to feel a little more cool than that, but you know. <laughs> oh god! Okay. But but just to clarify, that despite the pictures that you guys have seen, um, you know, we we weren't we actually weren't really trying to be gangsters. I mean, everybody sort of dressed that way during that time, but. Totally. You know, our our, yeah. our spin on what we were doing wasn't, you know, we're out shooting people, we're hard, bust a cap in your ass. It was really just more telling stories about some of the crazy shit that we did. And we were, you know, clever enough to come up with some cool lyrics and some, some catchy stuff. And we actually really, I think, we worked with, what, three or four different producers over the years and created quite a few um, songs on demo and then ultimately, um, Genesis, who was our other partner in the group, and I had to get real jobs, and, like the ones that paid money instead of yeah. spending money. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Jason actually kept working at it for, for quite a while. I mean, I think he finally just 
stopped trying to record like maybe six months ago or so. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I, you know, it, it, it was good. It, it, like to Chris's point, the, the stuff we used to do, it was always about like our lives. Like we weren't trying to be anybody that we weren't. Obviously, we're fans of all hip hop. I remember like driving up to Northern California in Chris's Cougar when we used to go visit his dad. We'd be listening to Ice T or NWA or Sir Mix a Lot. We were like just fans of that, you know, Public Enemy, just fans of all the different types of hip hop. So when it came to the stuff we would do, we would just be ourselves. We'd rap about going to parties or meeting girls and stuff like that. You know, we were never trying to be anyone that we weren't. And, uh, well, and making it, board games and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dungeons you know, and like, Dragons. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. That's pretty rad. And actually. then wait, was wait. So Chris sent me a link earlier. Was Jason? Were Jason? Were you really an actor? Oh my gosh! What, <laughs> what's all this behind the scenes stuff? No, yeah. No one <laughs> um, when I was younger, yeah, I used to. I was I was an actor when I was um, middle school and part of high school. I did some. Dude, acting. see, that's awesome. So yeah, Jason cool. has some like IMDb credits and stuff. Wow, he's uh, like the Jonathan Ward of uh, retrograde classics. Don't know who that is. Jonathan Ward, <laughs> he star, icon. icon. Oh, you know he's Icon. An actor? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was in a lot of movies actually oh. as a kid. The old what's his name. Jonathan Moore? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. basically the checks that Jason still gets from that work is what's actually funding our <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I get I get uh, every like two years I get like a, a residual check for like a dollar eighty seven. And actually the, the paper that the check was written on is worth more than uh, <laughs> the check. <laughs> the stamp, the postage is worth more. I have a quick yeah, question exactly. about your uh, hip hop roots. If if yeah. you were on a Pandora station, what would the similar artists be named? Like, mm. oh, that's a good question. Yeah, back then or based on today's music? Uh, maybe, a little, maybe a little bit of both, but more back then because I'm I'm old too, you know. Well, there wasn't. I would. I like Chris, that. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, Chris was in the group with me. I, I think we were pretty unique back then. Uh, uh, we, yeah, we were, but I think if you know, if you want to put bookends on it, we were definitely more DOS effects than we were NWA. Yeah, oh okay. yeah, um, more far side you know, than uh, Ice T. Yeah, probably yeah. closer to far side's actually probably a pretty decent, um, decent parallel. Like a little know, little humor in there, a little like self deprecating that kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah, we used to have, uh, yeah. self deprecating, and then you know deprecating other people as well <laughs> yeah well of course of course <laughs> i like it i like it very good yeah. yeah yeah can we get that stuff on itunes right now dude or? i've been begging deal? i've been trying I, I keep texting chris yeah i'm like give me this album give me these songs and he's because we can use it for videos he for keeps, driving while awesome he keeps claiming oh. he can't find it uh. oh they're gonna be good. it's all gonna be available on the retrograde site there you go oh. yeah they don't want to yes. they don't want to give it to us they're gonna use it for their own yeah. promotional, promotional videos yeah we're holding back a little right now. <laughs> so I, I guess that brings us to you guys. You guys are basically nerdy white rappers in the valley. And then uh, <laughs> did we get uh, all the first cars? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Oh, we did. And yeah, then yeah. you guys, um, how did you guys meet uh, Michael here to form Retrograde? Yeah. So so basically, you know, fast forwarding from the from the rap days um, and moving into the quote real job days. 
Um, I actually had an opportunity um, in the early 2000s to join a company that was pretty small at the time called Incase. And you guys are probably aware of the brand because they've been, they're basically the kind of the predominant tech they lifestyle. Took, they took 29.95 from me at some point. Yeah. Exactly. No, I mean, yeah. they, they probably started on the CD cases, right? Like, I, I think I bought one back in the day. Started on like PDA cases and all kinds yeah. of interesting stuff like that. And then right before I started with the company, um, they had hooked up with Apple when this new thing called the iPod was just coming out. And and basically, we're really the first accessories brand in in the Apple retail stores as Apple grew up. And so I um, had a chance to work at Incase um, as one of the first few employees there. And basically, over the course of you know almost twelve years, ended up you know going through some crazy, crazy growth and crazy times of the company and you know, months out of the year in China and crying in showers at night in the hotel because I didn't know how I was going to be able to get product produced and shipped to customers and basically learned everything about making things and about brands and, you know, basically how to operate a company and, and really wanted to at some point somehow tie together the car passion and enthusiasm with, with that experience. And, you know, certainly couldn't do it while I was at Incase because obviously, you know, that was like a hundred hour a week job as an executive of a company like that in, in that market. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that there was a lot of thought in my mind about someday, you know, when that ended, wanting to do something. And, um, you know, basically I, I left the company last year uh, after the company was acquired uh, by another company. And we really thought that that was the time to to actually take action on some of those ideas that we had, and you know, we can rewind a little bit, and Mar can kind of tell you about how we met and how that tied into that. But that's that's sort of my part of it. This is the thread that ties it together is that experience. Interesting, yeah. Partner. So that's a lot of good experience with hard goods or you know soft goods stuff. And I mean, you yeah, guys have gone was, through so many it, product cycles. I had no fucking idea what I was signing up for when I went to work for the company. It was you know. It was basically the idea that it could be as close to having your own business as possible, but still get a paycheck, which I was really excited about. And, um, you know, I was basically a spreadsheet jockey when I started and ended up being someone who was able to run the entire company and know everything about products and manufacturing and, and building a brand. And um, it was crazy time. I, you know, it was a heavy cost for all that time that I spent working, but I learned a ton and it's exciting to apply it to shit that I'm really passionate about with these dudes. That's so, right. Um, yeah. M-A-R, you, I didn't mean to take the, I didn't talk about us meeting, but I think that's obviously a big part yeah. of this. Well, it's, it's um, you know, a few years back, I was just goofing around with um, a few images and there was this opportunity. Oh yeah. Put your, put your, your, your image on a phone case. And I said, Oh, okay, I'll do that. No, I, you know, I didn't want that phone case I had anymore. I wanted something a little more unique. So I created this thing and took one of my uh, Porsche images and put it on there. And it was of a 4.0 and um, just kind of really, it just kind of fits, right? It just, it, the way the thing was, it's, it's almost as if I photographed it for that purpose. That's the way it ended up looking. Yeah. And every time I would walk into a place, I'd put it like on a bar and people start talking to me. What is that? Oh, where'd you get that? And then my wife is like, you got to do something with this thing because we, every time people would see it and it would just engage people. And then, um, 
I was kind of a new guy in town in NorCal here because I came from the East Coast and I bumped into somebody and they saw it and they said, hey, do you know Chris Harrell? I'm like, no. And he says, well, he's a guy from InCase. You should talk to him. I said, oh, okay. So I, uh-huh. I said, well, give me his number. You know, so I, so I picked up picked up the phone or I found it through the, the PCA website or something like that. And I just called him up. I said, Hey, I'm Michael Allen Ross. He goes, I know who you are. <laughs> so I was like, really? He goes, yeah, you shoot all the porches stuff. And I go, well, cool. I said, you want to have coffee? And uh, so we met at a local Pete's and I, I did the same thing. I just put my phone down in front of him and he, I said, I got to go to the bathroom. And I came back and he, he's like, this is pretty cool. Um, he says, this looks like something that's you know I'd I'd like to get involved with, but not. But he says first thing is you don't want to be in the phone case business. So. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, this is like I said, years oh, ago oh, when I was already saying that. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. Just it was like, yeah. Yeah, it was several years ago, and then and then um, you know we've stayed in touch uh, over the years and shared a few burritos and that sort of thing as as we could, um, and then. Um, in the fall, when everything went down with, with Chris and left left there, he gave me a sh- shout and said, "Hey, what are you doing now?" And um, th- and that's basically when we started this whole thing. Um, and it's uh, Chris didn't introduce me to Jason, and um, Jason is a, a graphic artist with uh, incredible talent and um, an eye. Um, he he kind of blew me away because we we. We took some images and handed them over to Jason, and we told him this whole story about what we wanted to do is we wanted to create these images but make them look more like they were um, from the era when these cars were being produced. We wanted back in the time when, when uh, air-cooled cars were being manufactured and that sort of thing, things were more like a serograph and that sort of thing. So I wanted to take my images and strip them down to three colors, four colors, and and make it make it look like a silkscreen, a serograph. And he comes back to me, calls me on the phone, and goes, "Hey, I just got to tell you, man, uh, um, your stuff. I mean, it's like I'm I'm stripping it down, but like your stuff <laughs> is so good. You sure you want me to do this? I'm like." And then he produced this thing and showed it to him. I go, that's exactly what I want. He, he was able to see exactly he, – he understood exactly where I was going. He was able to hit the target right on. And it's just been – it's it was an incredible synergy that's going on here that's, that started uh, back then. And you've got Chris's incredible talent and his knowledge of manufacturing, what it takes to create a brand and create a product. Um and, and you take Jason, who, who takes my stuff and interprets it and changes it into something that really works. And uh, we can take that and we can apply that to um, uh, garments and, and all sorts of things. We're, we're just getting started, in other words. We're, there's a lot more to come from us, but there's, a, there's definitely this synergy going on. And it has to do with this. It has to do with all those crazy things. Yeah, I was a musician and those guys were rappers and we're all in the cars and said, <laughs> But somewhere along the line, there's these things that happen in life where all of a sudden things go, oh, wait a minute. Well, that fits here and that fits there. And, oh, look what happened. Look what we created. And that's what's really going on. And, and that's that's why I'm so excited about it. It's not all the co- copies I've had today and the, and the espresso <laughs> I had. Just um, it's, um, you know, when I think about it, you know, it's it's um, it's really it, it's a timing thing. And it's a culmination of all those other things that you've done in your life that, you know, happened by mistake or the things that, you know, Chris crying in the shower and me sweating through this, that and the other thing. And and, you know, it. but that's that's what it takes to get to get to a point. And now we we just see that there's a the reaction that we had uh, at Works Reunion. 
but people that were able to uh, really experience the brand and what we're creating right now. It's just a teaser as to what's what's coming down the road. And and um, I think that what we're the main thing to, to put out there is that everything we're going to do is we're we're going to do our damnedest to do to create the best product we possibly can. We're real sticklers about quality, real sticklers about um, making sure everything is buttoned up from the front end to the back end. And we want to create things that people that enjoy these types of vehicles actually relate to and they understand quality and they understand the worth of something. And that's what we want to create. So I'm going to shut up now because I'm rambling. Man, off. you've, you've <laughs> totally sold me. I don't know about these guys. No, yeah, that's, that's awesome. You Warren's said- actually taken off his shirt. He doesn't <laughs> want to wear anything else already. So you, you uh, said something that kind of struck with, with me or with us, I'm sure, which is you want to create this product that's really buttoned up and and finished but how do you balance that with actually getting it out you know you you probably spend so much time kind of pouring over the details that that is the tough part and it's that's you know and that that comes down back to um you know um we all know what we like and we've had to sit down and analyze why we like certain things Mm -hmm. Um, and chris has shown us the hard core reality of getting to that point what's it take to get to that point and we've had to you know we've had to turn down a lot of people we've had to walk away from some meetings and walk away from different people that just didn't understand what we were doing and and um finding that synergy with other people that understand what you're doing um is is a is a tough task but you have to if you don't hold the line and if you don't draw the line with what you really want then you just end up making the same stuff that everybody else does and that's not who we are right it's not who we are. it's definitely not a science i mean one thing i wanted to add just for everybody's benefit that i think is kind of the missing one more missing piece of the equation here everything mar said is, is exactly right um you know, we, we, we thought long and hard talking about having to make decisions about whether we should launch our brand with, quote, only T-shirts um, versus all the other stuff that we want to make. So when we think about the brand, we're talking about accessories and bags and, and gear and other things that actually not just are inspired by but feature the materials that were used in either classic Porsche or, you know, BMW or Jaguar. And we decided ultimately that we wanted to, you know, launch our brand and get our name out there with the T-shirts um, because, A, in order to create the other products that, that, that are in the pipeline right now, it's, um, it's a really long time to get things right, even if you have to make those decisions and ultimately get to a point where you say, okay, this is, you know, nobody's going to notice the difference of these things that we're agonizing over. Right. Um, we didn't want to wait another year or another year and a half to get out there. And I'm not saying it's going to take that long to introduce more products, but we wanted to make sure that, that, you know, we got our name out there. And at the same time, the shirts that, that we made, you know, yeah, they're just t-shirts, but they're actually so cool and they're so nice. And they came out so good that we just felt like that was a perfect appetizer to launch with and, and kind of get our name out there and really get people interested in, in obviously the quality that we can make even in, in quote, just a t-shirt and obviously how we're going to apply that to other stuff. So I think that, you know, that's kind of the key here is you could say, Hey, you know, you guys are talking all this game about being a brand and a lifestyle brand and all this bullshit, but you just made a free t-shirts. That's, that's not the end game. Obviously that's just the start. It's just the sure, appetizer sure. and, and right. we got really cool shit in the pipeline. Do you care to uh, give us a little sneak preview? <laughs> oh, 
Oh. I don't know. Chris, I mean, if you don't have to, but, I mean, we're talking. We're just, you're just spitballing um, here. Yeah, I think what you guys can expect next um, probably are a few more T-shirts at some point in the near future that won't only be Porsche. Um, yeah, I think that's been kind of a point of feedback, and that was a deliberate decision that we made was to focus on Porsche because, A, we're, you know, we love Porsches, but also um, that's kind of our network and the people that we know, and so sort of a, a, a layup for us to do. Um, but beyond that, yeah, I think the, the stuff that you'll see sooner will be more in the way of like cool key fobs um, with tartan plaids from Scotland, houndstooth materials, um, mm. really nice leathers, um, kind of more simple stuff. We even have some wood and metal stuff that we're working through. I mean, we talk about interiors that we like from the older cars. There's It's a lot more than just leather and, sure. and fabric. So we're working through some things like that. And then I think if you, you know, bookend it with that, um, obviously there's a few different bags that we've talked about, about doing. Uh, they're going to take more time, but I think really easily we could say there's going to be a quote car, car guy bag, um, probably an overnighter duffel type bag and probably a really killer camera bag at some point, just based on our experience and, and competency that that'll get out there. That'll be, you know, really usable, functional products, functional products that, but that also have really cool um, material hits and, and, and sort of design cues that take it back to more of a retro style as opposed to, you know, a sea of nylon like what you get nowadays. Sure. Yeah, that's cool. And like little uh, kind of like hidden little things, right? Like you open a pouch and there's you, it's it's something outside and then there's tartan inside, right? It's kind of like little cool little, right. little reveals. And three wrappers. Yeah. Exactly. And three wrappers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I'm, so that, <laughs> I'm really glad that uh, like it seems like recently uh, there's been this kind of return to craftsmanship and like you said, not a bunch of nylon silk screen just junk, um, and right. it's kind of all over the place in furniture and I mean, kind of name it, but uh, it's well, cool. That's one of the things that we we discussed when we started talking about things um, is that anybody that understands quality there's always one last thing that they do when they're looking at something, when they're, they're considering something mm-hmm. is there, there's a tactile experience that is completely different with something of quality mm-hmm. than there is. And that's the same, whether it's the finish on a car, whether it's a, a suit that you buy, whether it's the sheets that you put on your bed, whether it's the, the wood on the guitar, whether it's the, the feel of your, your gear chef knob that's made out of billet aluminum. Was it, you know, was it, was, how is it done? There's, there's 12 different ways to do it. And when it's done, when something's done in a, with where there's no expenses spared and there's no quality um, uh, sacrifice, the tactile experience is completely different. And I think that that's, you know, something that it's hard to, to get that point across to, to people. But as soon as you, you touch something and you, you understand quality, you go, Oh, okay. I get it. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so that's kind of, that's kind of something we want to go after on, on a regular basis. I mean, I think we hit the mark dead on with the shirts. I mean, anybody that was at work that actually, you know, actually took the time to feel what we had created and realized, Holy cow, this is, this is awesome. You know, um, that's what we want to do. And we want to carry that through thing through everything. There's gotta be that feeling of quality. 
And even to expand even more, like, because I know we talked a little about the forthcoming products that we have in the pipeline, but even for our current collection, which is our shirts, I mean, we, we took it there with that quality there. I mean, our shirts are 100% organic cotton. They're custom tailored. And like going to MAR's point about the tactile experience, I mean, when you feel the design element on the shirt, you don't feel a difference between the cotton in the shirt and the design element. It's like, it's just smooth all the way across. And that speaks to the type of, um, you know, printing processes that we use for the shirts, the uh, discharge, uh, ink and, and, you know, water-based, uh, ink process and things of that nature. And so, you know, putting that all together in a package, you know, took some scrutiny because we, we weren't just going to settle for, oh, here's just another shirt and throw a design on it. No, it, it has to be premium. It has to meet our standards, you know? Yeah, and it's going to represent the product that you're going to come out with in the future, too. And it's got to it's got to show right. your strategy and your approach. And what what I I can see it almost being uh, difficult for you guys to talk about the t-shirts because there's so much more about the idea and what you're going to come out with that it's kind of limiting and to right. talk about just that. But what I love, I mean, yeah. it's totally coming through for me. Like I, I think there's something so interesting about the car culture and it really is like at the root, like there's something common about all of us where we're all, we all appreciate the details and it's almost like, you know, like you guys have the history in music, uh, all of you. And then, you know, the, the photographs or graphic design, like those are all chasing a, you know, perfection in one way or another. And it's the same sensibilities that poured over to cars and the same reason people like classic cars or, or whatever, like new race cars. It's you tweak out on all the details. And that's something that I think, I don't know, like, I feel like car guys are also like, architecture guys and music guys yeah. and you know photograph guys and you see that on instagram a lot and um you know it's it's all too easy to just come out with a few designs and put out a few t-shirts uh it what's harder is to uh do what you guys are doing and you actually you know you're all combining and really going the extra mile to do it right and what's really cool is that you know you can uh stand on chris's experience at incase where it's like you know you have the big ideas but then you also have all the implementation too like you have the the hard-earned right. knowledge of uh actually getting that stuff built pretty cool yeah i mean i know and i tell people people that know me i i i, I tell them that there's no way that i could do what we are doing because yeah. i i don't yeah. i i can't do what jason does right. i can't do what chris does yeah that's and perfect it's, it's it's that synergy that just that that is uh, is helping us Uh-oh. helping you us use the word synergy oh, wow. <laughs> Uh-oh. can you guys edit that out <laughs> right. but it must be nice for it must be nice for chris to come from in case where you were kind of like the, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to give you names, but you were maybe like the Toyota of products and now you're going and you're making, uh, you're, you're a singer now or, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're Pagani where you're able to, yeah. you know, you don't have to worry about the bottom line and stuff. It's more about like, you know, you have, you have time to make it exactly how you want it. And, you know, it's not all about dollars and cents and stuff. Yeah, I'm actually I'm excited about that. It's actually even it's even more complex than that because I think given the market that Incase it was in, Incase was like, you know, Toyota, but also you know something like you know Acura or something like that yeah. because it you know we we had the the phone case world which was basically just commodity land. I mean, 
it's, there's just different levels of commodity, if you can even say that. We made beautiful products, but it's hard to fight when, when everybody competes on pricing and nobody really gives a shit what they're putting on their phone from a quality standpoint. And then we had the bag side, um, which we did some amazing stuff. I mean, we did co- collaborations with Ken Block. We did you know undefeated products that were amazing in the early years. We did um, stuff with all kinds of artists and different people. Um, in different cultures with different backgrounds that were really, really amazing things. Um, but those ultimately weren't, you know, products that obviously drove the bottom line. And, and we were in a business that, you know, to your point, needed to make money. And obviously, so for what we're doing with retrograde, ultimately, you know, we want that to happen too. But the the whole genesis of, of what we're doing is about making cool shit and making shit that, that elicits an emotional response, you know, from us. And, and hopefully from the people that we that we make it for. And in the end, I think, you know, we'll find a balance of actually being able to make money doing that as well. If that's really what we want to do. And, and sure. that's a really cool, really cool idea, actually. We're, it, that, that's what keeps us interested and engaged in it. Yeah. If you build it, they will come. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. I think you convinced us. So we're, uh, <laughs> yeah. Warren's on, Warren's buying some stuff right now. Yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> so, no. But so we were going to get into a few questions we got from Instagram. If that's cool with you guys. Yeah, we saw those. That's why Jason's taking notes right now. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. All right, well, get out your notepads. Um, oh, Jason, you have to answer every question in a freestyle rap form. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Shoe32 asks, as an owner of an early air-cooled 911 and a 996 GT3, which set of keys uh, do you reach for most often and why? That must that be a question for Chris. Yeah. That's for me. Yeah. So Chris, what cars what cars do you own? What are these two cars they're talking about? So I have a, a 1973 um, 911, which started life as a T. 911 Coupe, which started life as a T and has basically been uh, built to an RS uh, spec um, Beast. motor. Beast. Yeah, called the Beast. Beast 911. And um, I, I also have a, uh, a, a 2004 996 GT3. Um, it's actually my second 996 GT3, the first one I sold like an idiot a few years ago. Um, and it's, uh, it's pretty well modified, actually, for, for the track, and it's been a track car its whole life. I've actually only had it about a year. So those are the two, the two cars that I guess are the subject of that question. Yeah, so how do you, uh, how do you answer it? It's a tough answer. I mean, I think... You know, I was I was actually chatting with my friend Mike Hinton the other you know earlier today, and you know we were talking about this exact topic because we're dorks and that's all we talk about literally every day. Um, you know, he mentioned di- different horses for different courses. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of, kind of true with those cars, right? I mean, if if I want to get up early in the morning and go screaming down a back road with you know in the fall with kind of leaves falling and get that poster background probably the the 73 is the car that i would take um if i really want to go out and just you know drive what i believe at least for me is the probably the best car or most perfect car ever made um you can't beat the the 996 gt3 so the answer to the question probably is it's pretty close between the two which keys i grab most frequently um it may just kind of come down to what other cars are in the way that day in the driveway. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I'd say lately I've been driving the GT3 more than the, than the Beast. It's just such a badass car. I can't help myself. That's awesome. Yeah, it looks great. I was just yeah. looking at your, your Instagram. Yeah. Um, 
Right on. Good answer. Uh, next one is uh, Dong <laughs> nine nine twelve. God damn it! Uh, <laughs> it's D Hong. It's D Hong, I guess. But, yeah. See, this is the problem we have. All right. Um, your Stuttgart your Stuttgart collection has been great. Will this collection expand to include Mercedes? What should we expect next? So we, yeah. we kind of touched on that, but, but how about uh, how about Mercedes? Where does that uh, fall in your your line of sight? In the hierarchy of yeah. the classic sports car, yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, you could you could ask these guys too. I, I think it's definitely in there. I think there were some of those early cars that I would definitely say qualify. Oh yeah, they're pretty bad. Yeah, there's, yeah, there are definitely some Mercedes that uh, qualify <laughs> for the anti-celebratic edition for, for the, you know, the very uh, forward thinking they had at the time, you know, such as Darwin. That's pretty like that. good, uh, actually. Yeah. You know, but he was an actor, too, just so everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and also just so everybody knows, he, he's so Mar is a little weird. He's kind of special. Um, <laughs> when, when he gets uncomfortable, he revealed just to us recently because we were capping on him for not knowing how to spell. But he, um, when he gets uncomfortable, he basically goes into character voice. So oh, you guys, okay, you guys clearly scared him or said something that made him feel awkward. Just now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that there's definitely some uh, some early Mercedes stuff that really. Um, uh, would lend itself to uh, being some very cool retrograde products. Um, in terms of design, I mean, when you look at classic, because basically what we're all about is about design. And mm -hmm. when you look at some of those early lines, um, uh, you there's some just beautiful, beautiful things that came out of there. Porsche is not the only car to come out of Stuttgart, you know, so um, yeah. that says uh, there are some absolutely beautiful things that, that uh, come to me visually right away. Yeah, so I, 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 would, I would say yes to that question. When yeah. I think of 300 SLs, I always think of like the, the exposed luggage in the back. And the you know right. a lot of them had the cool tartans and the the leather straps and stuff. So yep. you have a lot to pull yep. from there, I think. And you're not necessarily yeah. just uh, old sports cars, right? Like it's other cars too, right? Well, I think the I think the core of it. I mean, our, our tagline that we've sort of put together, which I think we try to stick to as a filter, is classic sports car lifestyle. Uh, okay. Um, so we're not yeah, going to see the Yamaha then. You're not going to get a Yamaha hauler with, no. you know, with well, you could, that carpet there. You can make an off-brand, like, you know. We, yeah. We'll, that's more know, driving while awesome brand, yeah, actually. That's true. We'll make it for you. <laughs> yeah. You could, do a retrograde, you could do a retrograde edition, and we could completely redo the interior, like as if oh. retrograde did it. Yes. <laughs> I like it. I'm seeing synergy here, actually, between driving while awesome <laughs> and uh, I would also say beyond Mercedes, too, I mean, things, you know, that kind of, are in our pipeline for <clears throat> beyond just the Stuttgart line. As far as the t-shirts go, we may be dabbling into some stuff with Ferrari, BMW, Jaguar, things of that nature. Yeah. So yeah, we, yeah, we yeah, got some Alpha stuff lot. going too. I mean, it, it's, 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 it's pretty open to interpretation, right? But I think that the opportunities, even just on a t-shirt standpoint oh, yeah. to make cool shit are, are pretty broad. And then obviously if that applies to some of the other products, I think you'll see cues from, you know, a lot of things other than just, just Porsches sure. um, working their way into other stuff that we do. All right. Next one. Uh, Michael Hinton asks, which, if any, cars from the more modern era would be considered successors to the classic sports car lifestyle? <laughs> and where does that classic year end? Are you guys like only pre-smog or where, where do you 
what's your wheelhouse? Basically, from from 1910 to 1920. Oh, uh, <laughs> no. really? Right in there. Yeah, wait, 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 I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, so, and do interpretation. I mean, I think for us, the sweet spot's probably the 60s through the 80s. I mean, it, it oh, varies so 80s, by mark, right? 80s are uh, free game, uh, up for grabs, huh? I think for sure. I mean, look at look at even Porsches. You know, if if, if kind of the 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 sweet spot is 60s through 80s. I mean, Porsches, you could say that's 50, 50s through 90s or oh, yeah. maybe I even 1000s, right? Totally. We're not arguing. That's yeah. like 80s is our wheelhouse for sure. Yeah. yeah 80s so and... I think I think basically, you know, in our mind as we've defined it, it's, it's really anything made before hand-built turned into mass production and design turned into plastic. soulless, boring <laughs> yeah. plastic computers on wheels, right? Mm-hmm. So before okay. your <laughs> beloved 996... <laughs> yes, but, it's, but but however, and I, however. And I know and I know Hinton Hinton was definitely baiting me with that question. Yeah, do you know him? Um, I, I, yeah, he's a good friend. That's what he was just talking. Oh, so that's Hinton, right. That's right. He has a GT3 as well, right? He, has, he has a 996 GT3, yeah. and I think that 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 car has actually challenged um, those of us, you know, classic car snobs or purists to to you know re- rethink really what that really means to us right because you could say okay well yeah it's, it's definitely plastic inside that car the interior is certainly nothing to to brag about but the driving experience is, is literally it's the same as my long hood just faster and with yeah you know better suspension and so you know that visceral feeling that you get when you're driving the old cars you still get it with that car and i'm sure there's some others out there like that and so because that's kind of yeah. like the last of the analog that that car's full analog i mean you know, we always talk yeah. about what is an analog car. I think that car kind of defies yeah, it. No, tr- none of the traction controls. You know, a lot of missing a yeah, lot of that no, stuff. Yeah, no safety net. Yeah, take the safety net out. No nannies. No. Yep. Just safety right, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if, if I were going to answer that question, uh, I would say the 996 GT3 again. I'd probably give the same answer that I gave to the, the previous question. I mean, I don't, I don't know. You I'm know, curious what you think. I'm going to raise a very controversial. I'm going to mention a very, con, you know, a car that you're probably going to look at me like, are you out of your mind? Uh, but along that same lines, there, uh, uh, there was a sleeper car that gets no respect. But every car that is met with opposition always ends up being the car later on. It's Cavalli Mangusta. <laughs> I know exactly what that car is. <laughs> Actually, okay. I know what that is. Now you've piqued our, our interest, dude. What are you gonna What are you gonna lay on us? Believe it or not, a 40th anniversary 996. Ooh, I like that, that car. car. That car had so many little extras thrown in it, and nobody gave it any love. It's got an X51 package in it. It's got sports sports seats on it. It's it's got a, a C4S nose on it. It's got all these little unique things in it. And I'll bet you can get one really cheap. And if you and if you buy it really cheap right now, many years from now, you will thank me because that car will have some has some very cool unique things. And the car is fast as can be. I mean, it's not a GT3 or anything like that, but it is a cool car for and, and bang for the buck. I think that that's a car that you could grab right now and 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 hang on to. You know, updating so, our BRZ anyway. searches now. Yeah, that's interesting. That's kind of overlooked too, right? Like, so that yeah, was yeah, it's a really overlooked car. It, yeah. Well, everybody hated those wheels. I mean, it had those very unique four yeah. line wheels, a different finish those, on them. But those wheels um, suck. Well, <laughs> you know, put some, put some cool put put some cool wheels on it, you know, and drive it the way you want to. But keep those wheels in a bag somewhere. Yeah, so but it had like three forty rather than like. 
320 horse or something like that. It was kind well, of... Had, well, no, it had 50 horsepower more. Oh, it was 50 more? So yeah. it was 370? Yeah. Well, no. yeah, because normally... No. I'm, oh. Are you sure, MAR? I think you might have stretched that. I, I, I think it you're up. tripping. I'm, I'm stepping out of my bounds, but maybe <laughs> it was 30 horsepower. Yeah, maybe it was 30 horsepower more. I know yeah. it, in the... Um, X50 package was 50 horsepower now. Yeah, uh, but I'm trying, I think I'm trying to remember the X50. The turbo gives you an, a, a bigger incremental increase. I think it's 20 or 25 on the. Yeah, yeah. but still, that's a that's a, that's an interesting one because it is rare, and all these rare cars are getting a lot of money these days too. So you look at like 914s, yeah. like the Bumblebee cars are all sought after and expensive. You know, where yeah. if, you know, yeah. I don't know, 15 years ago, people were like, oh, that thing's hideous. It's like. It's yellow and black, right. you know. It's like paint it, you know. Yeah, and yeah, then like, it's, well, if you if you're looking for a car to win a show, you always have to have something with some sort of curb appeal that's different from everything. For sure, if that's your if that's your moment, you know. If that's yeah. your momentum, you know. That's yeah. that's a good yeah. choice, Mar. I like that one. I respect that. I respect oh, that. Choice. There you go. There yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. And skip... don't forget a cl- don't forget a clown shoe. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> no, who could? Okay, forget? now you're or, a little bit. Or a Miata. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, <laughs> You know, a Miata, you have to thank, you, you got to remember when a Miata came in, there were no convertibles. They, their convertibles were wiped out. They were not being manufactured at all. You know, they stopped, you know, everybody stopped doing them. Alpha last. was like barely holding on to the Spider. Yeah. Yeah. Barely. Yeah. Barely and, nine, and Porsche was barely holding on to the 9, you know, 968 and stuff like that. But, but yeah, it was pretty they, much. Yeah. They came in and made it an affordable convertible that people could actually afford and, yeah. and just kind of reignited that that sports car experience. You yeah, know? With, a, without them the a, boxer probably wouldn't exist, you know? Yeah. So I had not... a ninety I had a ninety Miata. I mean it's uh it wasn't stock for about a week until uh, <laughs> I tore into it, but um it uh it was a hell of a, it was a lot of fun that car. I mean if you say if you're saying classic sports car lifestyle I think a little lightweight, totally open top cruiser. It's that's the Lotus sports focused. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, it's the Lotus Salon. Absolutely, it's the Lotus it's, Salon. I yeah. mean, it's it's one of the ones. It's like a dinosaur from the uh, sports car age. It's totally. still around for some reason. And you it's, see a nice NA, and you're like, that's a pretty cool car. It's yeah. cool they built it, but it's no metro convertible. That's it's true. No metro. No, not affordable convertible. Let's yeah. Talk. Let's, yeah. Let's yeah real. That's, that's in a class all its own, isn't it? I'm gonna skip a couple <laughs> questions and move on to. Uh, uh, someone that we followed for a long time is Rob Ida, and if you don't know who Rob Ida is, he made a hot rod Tucker, which is unbelievable. Yeah. So um, Rob says, "I've been a fan of Michael Allen Ross, uh, his work for a long time. I've been fortunate enough to have him shoot a few of my clients' cars. We've been to a few interesting locations, but I've seen his work range from extreme heat to extreme freezing." What is the craziest location he's photographed a car from, and will it be part of the Retrograde Classics line in some way? Pretty good question. Nice. Uh, that's a good. That's a good question. I'm. Yeah, I seem to be either in uh, in the middle of nowhere with a um, hundred plus heat, you know, one hundred and sixteen degrees, and and um, you know whether you're at Bonneville or or um, somewhere out in in another desert or El Mirage or something yeah. flying everywhere. Um, and, uh, I, I will say one of the, one of the coolest things I did last year and literally cool. I, I, I had the opportunity to photograph, uh, ice racing with vintage, uh, Porsches with, with spiked tires in, um, yeah. I saw in, that in, in Sweden. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, 
Yeah, it, the guy's by the name of Below Zero, and uh, it was it was minus four degrees, forty mile an hour wind at my back. I'm kneeling <laughs> down on a on on a frozen lake, and these guys, you know, these guys are doing this stuff, and I'm photographing. Afterwards, they tell me defroster's not working. I couldn't even see you out there. So I'm, why I'm still alive, I really don't know. But um, uh, so, so maybe what we do is we create a uh, we take some of those images and and and, and incorporate an ice. Uh, a, a winter parka out of it. <laughs> there you go. And that's how we integrate it into retrograde. Hell I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, but I'm sure that's it, it, it seems to be for some reason, it's either an extreme, an extreme condition always gives you the best photographs and it has to do with something to do with nature. There has to be, there's nothing like mother nature to add something to an image and to make it completely different. I mean, whether it's a storm coming or anything like that, that's what really, um, uh, really changes an image. You know, when somebody goes, oh, it's a perfect day. There's no clouds in the sky or anything. Let's go see it. I'm like, are you kidding? That's the most boring thing yeah. I could possibly find. Yeah, it makes you know? for a generic photo, right? A photo anyone yeah, could exactly. take. Or something. Anybody yeah. could do that. But, yeah. you know, um, it, it seems to be when you have to be either soaking wet in one way or dripping wet with your own sweat or standing in water someplace, that's when all of a sudden everything gets pretty interesting. So, um and talk about Rob Idea, man, just a big fan of his his commitment. That guy has more talent in his pinky than I ever have in my own, in my entire body. I it's just wish pretty impressive. I had talent that that guy has. If you don't know who he is, uh, Google Rob Ida Concepts. See what he's up to now, and you will just be amazed at the, and, and what a humble guy. Um, couldn't you know if. You know, it, I, he makes me feel like I'm part of the family every time I go there. It's just a, a wonderful talent that he has. So you've known and, uh, for you've known him for a while. It sounds like. Yeah, I, I met I met his dad. I met his dad Bob at Bonneville years ago when somebody called me up and said, "What are you doing right now?" I said, "Well, nothing." And they said, "Somebody needs your help at the front end. Look for uh, at the at the front line." And I went up and. Met, they said, look for this green Ford F-150. So I meet Bob Ida. There's this famous, you know, uh, drag racer guy for forever. And I'm suddenly helping him on with his Hans device and hmm. hooking up his cool suit. And my very important job was not only to activate the camera inside the car, but to also pull the screwdriver out of the parachute so he'd be able to stop. <laughs> and I, he's ready to go at the wow. line and they wave him. I jump in the, in the, in a chase car. And wouldn't you know it, this guy goes out and hits 204 miles an hour on a Ford F-150 pickup truck. Jeez, I mean, what? Was, wow. What? And that was, that was my introduction to the, to the Ida family. And I call it, I call it Idatude. Um, <laughs> that's kind of, I've nicknamed, I've, I've kind of coined that phrase that when they build a car, they build Idatude into it. And, uh, um, if you don't know their work, just check it out and you'll understand. Exactly that was a, that was a twist ending. I thought the Ford was the chase vehicle. I did yeah, too. Me too. <laughs> Eco right, boost, yeah, man. Well, we had, yeah, we actually had a 150 chasing a 150, you know, but uh, <laughs> but the, the Ford F-150, um, it's called Frightening, and it actually had won SEMA's, like, best paint, like, two years before that. They were like, okay, that's cool, so now let's see if we can make it go fast. So uh, Bob Ida went in and just made it, made it a crazy truck, and um, it's uh, uh, just a just a blast to, to know these people. They're really super talented and just great people. That's awesome. awesome. Anyway. Yeah. Cool. Well, man, we could we could do this forever, but you know what we should do is maybe uh, circle back in a few months or what have you, and see what you guys are up to then. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. And we're doing some yeah. rallies and stuff closer to your neck of the woods, and uh, you know, 
if you're ever, I know, you know, you guys aren't all down in LA, but if you ever make it up here and we're trying to do an LA trip too, so we'll have to make something happen. Yeah, definitely, definitely hit us up when you guys come, come to LA, Jason, I'll be around. And then, um, you know, I, I obviously have a weird background cause I have most of my family's actually in Northern California and I've moved back and forth a little bit. So I'll be, I'll be in transit back and forth, keeping up with folks and I'll be around up that way too. Cool. cool. Yeah. If you're ever in Santa Cruz, hit us up and we'll go on a drive. Yeah. Oh, for there sure. you go. Sure. All right. Awesome. Um, before we, before we get going, I want to. I want Michael to pimp his new book that's coming out because we had a, Art and I had a chance to check it out uh, when we met you guys in Carmel and it was super yeah. cool. So, oh well, I um, I just um, it, next month. Well, actually, in a couple of weeks, I think it's already hit the um, hit the warehouse right now, um, and you can order it on Amazon already. It's called uh, Route sixty six Barn Find Road Trip. And it's my third book that I've done with Tom Cotter. And uh, what this is is a book. You know, we do these barn find uh, trips. I mean, you know, Cotter has done the Hemi in the barn, the Cobra in the barn, the Vincent in the barn. He's got like so many barn find books. But I've done. Um, uh, this was the second one we've done, um, and we did Route 66 from beginning to end, from Chicago all the way to Santa Monica. We so found cool. over seven thousand. Yeah, we found over seven thousand cars. Um, the people we met along the way. It's 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 an unbelievable photo documentation and great great stories in there. It's you know it's really it's it's car guy stuff to the core. You know, and what we do is we take a, a 39 Ford Woody um, that we that we drive and it's got an LS one in it, a full modern drivetrain, And, um, but we pull into places and it's totally non-scripted. There's, um, it's kind of like a, uh, a DWA podcast. It's not scripted. <laughs> and we just, we just roll in the driveway and we go, Hey, we saw the taillight of that, uh, fair lane over there. Do you want to talk about it? And, you know, next thing you know, you guys telling you about three cars. Next thing you know, he takes you around the corner. He's got 30 cars. You find people with 150 cars in their backyard. <laughs> oh, it is gosh. amazing what we found. <laughs> um, so that's, that's going to be out. Uh, it, it, you can order it right now. So route 66 barn fine road trip. Um, I also did barn fine road trip with him. Um, and uh, just two weeks ago, I came back from Detroit, where I shot 11 days in Detroit. I am uh, 90% through the edit of that, and that book will be out next year around Father's Day, and that's going to be called Motor City Barn Find, and you will be amazed at what we found in Detroit. The people in Detroit were just amazing. What a car town. I mean, I can't even – I'm still grinning about the experience that we had in Detroit. It was just phenomenal. So – uh, but yeah, thanks for the opportunity to talk about that a little bit. A lot of people, it, some people just think I'm the Porsche guy, and other people think I just shoot hot rods, and other people think I just shoot barn finds. But I shoot everything, you know. So yeah. I'm, I'm all over the place, all over the map. Well, awesome. Thanks for sharing it with us. We, I mean, I I appreciate it. I'm sure the listeners did too. And uh, that was great. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks. For thanks for your time, guys. It's been awesome. Yeah, uh, thanks for having us on. Yeah, it's been yeah. good getting to know you. We look we look forward to seeing you guys again soon. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. retrogradeclassics.com. Um you guys have the Stucar collection available now and then everything else will be coming out soon. That's right. Yeah. All right. Yep, we're on it. Cool boys. Awesome. Uh we're Thanks, gonna sign guys. off now. Later. Later. All right, guys. All right. Later. Thanks, guys. Take Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Yeah, it had bright orange shag carpeting in there. What? Um, well, you did yeah. the you did the orange and yellow combo. That's super oh, seventies. That was like it was super seventies, and it was You're scaring um, the listeners, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man.